Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, let's look ahead to some pretty fun rankings disputes that I anticipate we're going to be having for the next several months. Tank Dell versus Nico Collins. Brees Hall versus basically the field. Bijan versus Gibbs. You know, we'll get into that, but Heath, I was looking at it yesterday. I, mean, I cannot find one reason... To go with Bijan over Gibbs, yet that's how I ranked it. But it, I mean, everything on paper well, is. Why Gibbs. did you rank it that way? I think he has a better chance to be a true feature back next season, whereas Montgomery. <laughs> so that's not one going, reason. I know, but there's no, there's no 2020, there is no 2023 reason to rank Bijan over Gibbs in 2024. Um, better pedigree, higher draft pick. Barely, though, like barely. But still, those are reasons. I guess. So. Um, and I think the the biggest reason, and I did not rank Bijan over Gibbs because I am not confident that Arthur Smith's no longer going to be the coach. But the 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 argument will likely be in May is that well, look, Bijan's offensive environment is so much better. He's got a new head coach. He's got a new play caller. He's got a new quarterback. Gibbs is in the exact same situation as he was last year. So Gibbs will be what he was last year, but Bijan's going to pass him because of the improvements to his environment. You know, one of my my bold predictions were not very good. I think uh, Marquise Brown, top 10, Jerry Judy, top five, something like that. But one of them was, I think one of them was Jameer Gibbs, number top five running back. Yeah, you got that one right. He's six per game right now. (laughs) Six Uh, per game. So come on, we need a big finish. But he's he's top five overall, right? Uh, I doubt it. Didn't he? Uh, Let's see. Didn't he miss uh, some time? Let's see. Mostert, or McCaffrey, Mostert, ETN, Brees Hall, Rashad White. He's eighth in PPR. Oh, huh. Yeah, he missed he, I didn't. Th- I thought maybe Kyron missed more time than he did, so he would move into the top Oh, five. Kyron did miss more time, but Kyron is six. Kyron hmm. has scored how many more points per game than... Kyron has scored almost five more points per game than Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, he I, he's the guy I think he's going to be like we're going to have some serious fights about yeah. this offseason because n- nobody's going to somebody's going to rank him like he played this year and then everybody else can have to argue against it. <laughs> uh you know the other thing is uh was it uh Gibbs was it was like better than than Bijan. But Gibbs was just so good as mm-hmm. a rusher. I mean, just incredible. All right, whatever. That, that's coming up a little bit later. Jamie should be here soon. Dave is sick. I finally got Dave sick. It took 18 weeks. Here's our email of the day. It's from Eric. That's for Dave. What player either drafted by accident or reluctantly helped or reluctantly helped you win your league? For me, when I started my draft this year, I did not know I was on automatic draft. I had number three, and I took Tyreek Hill. I'm in the Super Bowl of my league because of him. Any accidental, uh, fortuitous draft picks? I can't think of any 
accidental draft picks. Um, and like I reluctantly drafted Tony Pollard, but he didn't exactly help me win my league. So I, I don't know that I have a good answer to this question. Like, I'm looking at, at the team that was the worst that won a championship. And it's a whole bunch of like waiver wire ads. It's got Trey McBride and Zamir White and Devon Achan. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I reluctantly drafted Michael Pittman. I finally bit the bullet in one league, like in the nineties or something. And mm-hmm. I just had no interest in Michael Pittman. Because I, I had no faith in Anthony Richardson. Uh, Mike Evans. Mike. I wish I. I didn't like I Mike Evans, I and I, I did end up drafting him in the, uh, in the St. Jude, the twenty. Remember the. I think it was 2022 That's, you and I put St. Jude leagues together. That was my Pittman league. Yep. And I and I won that one. So oh, you did I had the two seed. I did not win that one, but I yeah. I had a good team. I had a good team. Um maybe Michael Pittman could help me in, in the semifinals there. All right. Uh we have a lot of other podcasts for you, by the way. Heath's Dynasty Podcast is a great time to get into Dynasty. If you haven't done a Dynasty League, do a startup dynasty draft. They're super fun. We had the Bake Burger League uh this year, which was a startup dynasty draft. But um yeah, I mean ne- Yep. Next Tuesday, I've got John Bosch coming back on. He's been on a couple times already since we started the show. And we are going to do a So You Want to Start Your First Dynasty League podcast. We're going to break down our favorite settings. John actually has some advice. It will be a wide range because our favorite settings may not be best for beginners. So we're also going to have some some advice just for people starting Dynasty who don't want to go completely crazy with it like some of us do. All right. Uh, but anyway, we have so many great podcast in addition to fantasy football dynasty we have cover three if you want to get into college football right now that's a pretty big game coming up the early edge which is a daily sports line betting podcast pick six for nfl the first cut for golf kicking it uh morning footy fantasy baseball today attacking third which is a u.s which is a women's soccer podcast with the first pick nfl draft podcast that's a great one for you right now i on college basketball in soccer we trust you're DFS podcast, morning combat, fantasy baseball today and five, fantasy football today and five. I'm not gonna. I'm going to stop reading. We have so many podcasts. Please check them out. All right, news and notes for week 18. Noah Brown, the, the Colts play at uh, the Houston Texans and the Colts. They play Saturday. They face off Saturday night. Noah Brown did not practice. Laramie Tunsil left tackle for the Texans. He did not practice. This is a must-win game here. So hopefully, C.J. Stroud can at least have Tunsil. Um, be nice to have Brown as well. Zach Moss was listed as limited. Um, Xavier Howard is not expected to play for the Dolphins in that big game against Buffalo. Jonathan Mingo is out for the season. Meanwhile, Sean McVay will be back next season, and right now they're talking in Arizona like Kyler Murray is going to be their starting quarterback next season. You're buying that? Do we have? I I kind of expected when you asked that question that Thomas was going to flash up the Josh Rosen QB1 tweet. Uh, remember that one before no. they drafted Kyler Murray? They uh, they had tweeted out that Josh Rosen was was their QB one. Um, <laughs> I I mostly buy it. I it seems really unlikely that both Justin Fields and Kyler Murray are going to hold on to their jobs. I I would guess Fields is going somewhere else and and Kyler's staying. Wow, look at this! You talk about dedication, Iron Man, Iron Man, Dave Richard. Bum, How do I sound? Bum, 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 bum. You sound terrible. Dave, I don't understand. How do you show up to a podcast sick? Like, that's just, it's bad for the listener. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, but uh, it, is, it, is it worse that he's on the podcast sick or at his desk sick? 
<laughs> but I'm in an enclosed room. I'm away from everybody. How did how did you get there? No one will catch this this season from me. Well, season virus. Would you like to take part in our rankings disputes? Yeah, as long as you guys don't mind my voice sounding like this. If everybody thinks it sounds bad, I'll leave. You know what, Dave? I do not care. And just so everyone knows, I decided this. I I am just throwing caution to the wind this week. I am just on a different mode. I am going to get today, Dave, my lunch that I told you about yesterday, my Sunday routine. Run it down, run it down. I'm getting it today. It is. I'm getting a haircut, and then I'm going to the, the bagel place, and I'm getting cinnamon raisin bagel with ham, Swiss cheese, tomato. I forgot about tomato and Russian dressing. I am going throwback, throwback lunch today. So I don't care about your voice. I don't care about my health or my taste buds. Whatever, YOLO. I just YOLO I'm today. picturing you sitting on a park bench, covered in your own hair, eating a disgusting <laughs> sandwich, bagel sandwich. All right. Did you lose a bet? No. This is this is my this was my Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Football Sunday sandwich that I would get every every week. He's the only person on the planet. Yeah. A cinnamon raisin bagel as the 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 bread part of a of a of a ham sandwich. Ham and cheese, tomato, and Russian dressing. My word. I don't know what Russian dressing is, but I'm gonna assume it somehow ties all those oh, things together. Because you know otherwise that's awful. You never had Russian dressing? It's no. great. It's uh it's ketchup and mayo based. It's really good. So are, like, are, are you sure you're not confusing that with Thousand Island dressing? That's what I thought too. I was like, no, it's not that, but it is that. It's no Russian dressing is great. It's like one of the best, like on cold cuts or pastrami. Oh, pastrami or corned beef with Russian dressing, elite, elite. Okay, first rankings dispute comes from Shane Ferris. I asked everybody on Twitter if you had some rankings disputes. Thank you for the responses. I also got this conversation going in our Facebook group. You can join our Facebook book group uh just search for fantasy football today on facebook shane farris says tank dell versus nico collins who do you guys have i haven't done my are we talking about 2024 well we're not talking about next week we're talking uh, about 2024 i have not week. done my wide receiver rankings yet um but i would anticipate having tank dell ahead of nico collins try and make the case against it i i can do it and, mm -hmm. and it required a lot of research last night because on paper, I mean, what was cool about this was let's just look at the games that they both played together and played basically their normal snap share. 53 targets for Tank Dell, 52 targets for Nico Collins. This is seven games. So I took out the injured games. I took out week one when Tank Dell barely played. Seven games. They had the same amount of targets, basically. Tank Dell had one more touchdown. Nico Collins had two more catches. Nico Collins had 41 more yards, I think. Uh, 39 more yards. So very even production. One from a rookie. One from a third-year guy. So you're going to favor the rookie, typically. But there was one thing that I think is the case for Nico Collins. Maybe two things. One, one is red zone, green zone. Almost none of that for Tank Dell. His touchdowns were kind of like Jamar Chase as a rookie. I mean, he, he's like super long. You don't want that. Well, I, <laughs> he's had he had seven touchdowns. Four of them were from longer than twenty yards. Whereas Nico Collins is a short has been a short area red zone, green zone, end zone target for uh, kind of like a Mike Evans with with some big playability as well. And that's <laughs> that's basically it. 
I don't know if that would matter at all, but you asked me to make a case. That's the case I would make, that maybe Tank Dell is a little bit too much big play dependent. Nico Collins can get you some more touchdowns because they're less fluky. That's the only case I would make, I guess. Well, I, I think I'd argue with almost everything you said, but most of all, I would argue with Nico Collins being a Mike Evans type when he has 10 career touchdowns in 38 games no, I, and had I, three coming into this year. I specifically meant getting a lot of targets near the end zone and in the end zone from five yards, 10 yards out. That's that's what Evans used to do all the time, if, but yeah. If Collins had done that before this year, I think I'd be more open to that. Um, and this is like, it's. I think these guys are both going to be ranked very close. So I don't want to make it seem like I think that like there's no argument for Nico Collins. I think there's there's a little bit of concern about Tank Dell's health and size. That just like there was when he came into the league, the fact that he got hurt and missed part of the year didn't uh, clear that up. But I, I think when you have a, a, a rookie and a third year wide receiver, and the third year wide receiver had been com- almost completely irrelevant before this year, you have to go with the rookie. I agree 100%. The rookie also happens to be one of the fastest people in the league. And that big play potential matters. And he's had synergy with the quarterback from since day one. I expect the Texans to improve their offensive line. I expect the Texans to probably improve their run game too. And I think both those things are a double-edged sword for Tank Dell. But ultimately, when, when Dell was rolling in the middle of the year, he was their number one receiver. And it was a close number one between him and Nico, but I would imagine that Dell, as long as he's healthy, has the chance to be anywhere from Tyler Lockett to Tyreek Hill. And I would want to chase that on draft day before the steady production, what I think will be steady production from Nico. But I like them both. I would draft them both as top. 20-ish type of wide receivers next year. I think I had them both in my top 12. I was trying to do a top 12, and it was really, really hard um, uh, to get like getting to the bottom of the top 12. Uh, Heath, agree or disagree? Sick Dave sounds like Jamie, LOL. No, I don't think he does at all. He sounds a lot like Adam <laughs> because Adam's always sick. <laughs> um, here's a cool stat on Nico Collins. Nico Collins, among all wide receivers with 40 or more catches – he was fourth in yak per catch, 6.6 yards after the catch per reception. Um, and there were 59 receivers. Good. We have another week to play, by the way. But so right now he's fourth. Here are the wide receivers that rank ahead of him in yak per catch. Debo Samuel, Rasheed Rice, and Demario Douglas. I mean, these are all really short. Wow, Demario area, Douglas. Really Love short him. area guys. Nico's got a 10.7 yard A dot, and he was still fourth in yak per catch. Very impressive. And again, this is one of those things. I'm not, I'm not an anti-Nico guy. I think Dave was telling me yesterday on FFT Dynasty that I had him too high in my in my current dynasty rankings around wide receiver 20. Yeah. Um, but like this is also the first time he's done that. And right, that one's not you, you realize like, there's something to do with quarterback, but yeah. It's not entirely influenced by the quarterback. Like what you do after the ball's already been caught. Well, I think right, offensive. System, I think offensive system helps there too, right? I mean, it's coming from a system that creates a lot of yak out of San Francisco. I think sure. you have to say a much better coaching staff for all of their skill sets um, than what they had before. Can we rule out that Houston is done with their receiving core and won't try and improve it this offseason? 
That's the biggest risk. Because I think what the, what the risk is that they go draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds. And then we're not arguing Nico versus Tank Dell in a which one is in the top 12, which one's in the top 15. We're like, which one of these guys is losing out? All right, let's go to our sure. next one here. It's from Tony. Bijan versus Gibbs. All right, so Heath, you said you had Gibbs ahead? Yep. And I said I had Bijan. And Dave, how about you? I've got Gibbs ahead. Are, Adam, are you – I think that like this could be a really short argument because if you're simply just saying you don't think Arthur Smith is going to be back, then Dave and I might agree with you. If if like I think there's a very good chance we get to April and they've got a good a better quarterback and a better offensive system, and I have Bijan ahead of Gibbs. I will make the case for Bijan even if Arthur Smith is back. I know none of us like Arthur Smith. Well, I don't really mind. I don't that. dislike Arthur yeah, Smith. I, I know. I know the fantasy community does not like Arthur Smith, and if you know if Bijan Robinson fumbled the ball, then tried to pick it up and then punted it out of his own end zone for a safety everyone would blame Arthur Smith for it. It's like anything that Bichon did wrong was always Arthur Smith's fault. But I would say that even if he were in a shared backfield, it would have to be a, it would have to be more weighted to Bichon than it is now. But even if he were in a committee, Arthur Smith does produce some of the best running games in football. He, mm-hmm. I remember Todd Bowles talking about it, about how they have some of the best run schemes in the NFL. We always see his running backs do well. I think if you look at the last portion of the season, maybe the last five games or so with Bijan, he did claim the number one role. It wasn't as much and it wasn't enough as we need. But at the very least, one thing that was missing most of the year that came later in the year, he he was the goal line the inside the five guys. So he didn't have that for most of the year. There's no doubt in my mind he'll get most of that next year. Um, I just think that they can have a better year running the ball. They've had injuries on their offensive line. If they're, I don't really like Arthur Smith for fantasy purposes, especially for the receivers. But for the run game, he's pretty darn good. So I, I can make the case that you know that next year they unleash him a little bit. He actually, I mean, I think he was on pace eh, eh, similar. His 17 game pace is 54 catches. Jameer Gibbs 17 game pace is 63 catches. So he's still a factor there. Um, and yeah, and, and and then there's still the David Montgomery factor. I I think no matter what, he won't have as much competition in his backfield as Jameer Gibbs does. Famous last words, considering the coach in Atlanta. And if he stays somehow, then I guarantee you he will have some competition for touches in Atlanta. Oh, I didn't say that. I said he won't have as much as Jameer Gibbs. I think they're going to both have a shared backfield to some degree, but I think they'll be the lead guys in both of their backfields. I've already done a little bit of a number crunch for both these backs. You tell me what you think of this. There were 11 games this year where Bijan had at least 15 touches. In those games, he averaged 17.4 PPR points per game. His average on the season was 13.8. So that's a really good jump, and that's what tells me that if Bijan is the main guy in Atlanta, that's a pretty fair expectation, maybe even a little bit higher than 17.4. Maybe you can get to 18 PPR points per game. When Gibbs played at least 50% of the snaps, this isn't just you know raw touches. This is just playing half the snaps or more for the Lions. Nine games, he averaged 19.1 PPR points per game, 15.1 in non-PPR. He was a factor there too. And on the season, he averaged 16.7 PPR points per game. That was what made me rationalize that Gibbs – 
both both of them have a good offensive line, but Gibbs has the better offensive line. And I know there's going to be an offensive play caller change there. It doesn't bother me as much because I think that they'll be all right. That makes me believe that Gibbs has more upside than Bijan. All right. Heath, you want to get a, a word in there? And Jamie is here. We'll get his take on this. No, I was just trying to put in context the the competition difference. And it looks like we're talking about two touches a game at most. Like the difference between what David Montgomery and others have done versus what Tyler Algier and others have done. Um, I I think it's 250 touches to 225 or somewhere in that range. So I, they both, neither one of them is a full feature back unless they get a coaching change. But I this think. is this is what a full feature back looks like now, Heath. Like we're not going to find guys that regularly play 85, 90% of the snaps that often anymore. Well, no, but I, th- right. But there's still a lot of guys getting more touches than, than Jameer Gibbs. Sure. I don't know about a lot. How many do you think? 12. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll uh, get Jamie. Yeah. In. I'll get Jamie in in a second here, but one stat, if Bijan's going to be better than Gibbs, here's a stat that has to change. The Falcons have eight running back rushing touchdowns this year. The lions have 22. And that's so much of what this is. I mean, Dave gave those fantasy points per game in the, with those sample sizes, how much of that is touchdowns. I'm sure it's a lot. Jamie Gibbs or Bijan. Uh, today Gibbs, uh, black Monday, Bijan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bijan's gonna be Bijan's gonna be so much better next year when they have a, a head coach. Not not so much better than Gibbs, but he's gonna be so much better. The version that we'll see will be the version that you you hoped to see this year because the 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 head coach will change everything about how bad this Falcons team has been run. How about this thought, Ben Johnson? Yeah, no, that that one hundred percent, hundred percent is it would be fantastic because yeah. all those all those rushing touchdowns would would be there. Um, at least you hope. Um, I, I, I think the, the difference you, you, you're talking about, the difference in talent between the backups is dramatic. David Montgomery is a much better running back than, than Tyler Algier. Not taking anything away from Algier, but David Montgomery is a better running back. So the the usage will will change for both these guys. Or, I'm it, sorry, for, will change for Bijan. It is interesting to think about Ben Johnson because, like, do we think that Ben Johnson then would want Bijan Robinson to be a feature back or would Bijan be in the Gibbs role or would Bijan be in the Montgomery role? I think Bijan would be in the Bijan role, which is what you want. I think you would just have a better offense in theory. But, yes, you have but, a better every. Well, first I mean, off, you got to get a better quarterback too. I mean, it's that's not the just, thing. Not just oh, we crap on Arthur Smith. They're seven and nine. They don't have a good team. I don't think. I mean, they have a bad quarterback. So I, I don't know, most most teams are not seven and nine with a bad quarterback. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that he's as bad as everyone makes him out to be. But uh, he's misused. He's misused three elite. Players. I don't really think he's misused Bijan all that much. I, I think where he really misused him was they should have used him more near the goal line. But and earlier in the season and not waited until his his job was basically being threatened. I, I guess, but have they misused Pitts in, in London? They just don't throw the ball that much. Pitts, I mean Pitts dramatically. Well, Pitts was hurt also and might still be dealing with the injury that he had last year. All right, listen, I, I, mean, I, I don't want to be, be, be the most unpopular person in fantasy by defending Arthur Smith. Nobody nobody likes that. So uh, we're going to take a break and come back with some more rankings disputes for 2024 on Fantasy Football today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, our next tweeter is Evan Pohl, who wants us to rank aging number one wide receivers versus young number two wide receivers. And Heath, is there one example where you are going to take the aging number one receiver? So it's Amari Cooper versus T. Higgins and Devontae Smith. Hopkins and Ridley versus Zay Flowers and JSN. And Cup versus Puka. So I'm going to take Puka over Cup. I'm I'm gonna take Devontae over Cooper. T. Higgins, let's see who he's playing for um before I make a decision on just, him. Just look behind you. Just look behind you. Yeah. That I, I doubt that the Bengals allow that to happen. I think as much as they don't want to pay T. Higgins, they'd rather pay T. They Higgins. They don't have a choice. Day. They don't have a choice. He's a free agent. Well, they can franchise him. Franchise. That that'd be the dumbest thing ever if they franchised him. Why? Because it would just kill their salary cap. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but guys get free. He's gone. He's gone. He's absolutely gone. <laughs> Unless he signs some very team-friendly deal. I don't think he's going to do that, probably. No. Who was the other one? Who was the middle one was the one that was interesting at him. Uh, it was Hopkins and Ridley. I mean, I don't think Hopkins is going right. to get a lot of love, but Ridley maybe versus Zay Flowers and JSN. Where's Ridley playing? Right. And who's playing with JSN? Um, I think I'm pretty pretty confident I'll have Zay Flowers over those guys. And if Lockett's gone, then I'll have JSN over those guys. But if it's still DK and Lockett and JSN, I'm probably going to still have JSN behind them. What do you guys think, Dave? Any of those I'm, scenarios? I'm going to put the young hotness over old, old, old talent in all in every single case that's here. Yeah, man, I just uh, Amari Cooper is giving me some kind of Mike Evans vibes here. Uh, you know, if you take if in just the games that weren't Dorian Thompson Robinson games, he's averaging almost 18 points per game. He's averaging as many points per game as Puka Nakua is this season. Of course, I would have to take out the Brett Rippon game, so he's not been as good. But he's basically been a number one wide receiver when anyone but Dorian Thompson Robinson, and that's three other quarterbacks by the way, have been playing. And and he was very good last year. It wasn't great. He was very good last year. So Cooper, I understand getting away from Hopkins. I understand, you know, being pretty down on Ridley. I And Cup is, you know, a couple go ahead of Cooper, but not ahead of Puka Nakua, I assume. But Cooper's been, we got to give him some due here. Right? Good for him. And he might be pretty underrated next year. He is every year. I mean, since since he was a Raider. Yeah, Um I- but but again, the, the one that I struggle with more is not the old guys; it's JSN. Like the idea that he does—I I don't think he has a seventy-yard game this season. I uh, I just don't not. know. I don't know why. I mean, I, it'd be nice if Tyler Lockett would go away, but if Lockett's still there, just a complete flip the situation on its head when Lockett has. 40 more targets and 37 more catches. And like, he's just, it's not been close between those two. I mean, Lockett has more targets and catches than Metcalf, which is the case every year. Yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised if Lockett, if he's back, has the exact same role. 
<clears throat> right. Uh, Maybe not the exact same, but it takes a big change for JSN to become some, someone that you can use in fantasy. It's not like he's a, a 2% change in target share sure. or a, a slight shift towards him. He, it, he, it takes a monster change in what they've done for him to be fantasy relevant. Okay. Uh, yeah. Metcalf, Lockett's played one more game than Metcalf. He has 12 more catches on five more targets, but Metcalf is averaging 6.3 more yards per catch. Not a great year for Lockett, so you'd hope you'd hope he'd start losing some of those targets, right? Well, I mean, really, it's not been a great year for almost everything in Seattle, given what they right. how they started and how they're finishing. Pete Carroll was saying yesterday about how the – or or Monday, how the run game has just been struggling which I think we could all see. Um, you, you wonder what's going to change. You know, I mean, they, they did have a new coordinator this year, and we know Pete Carroll has certainly been, you know, apt to change these guys. Yeah. All right, next one is from Scott Cobe. Chris Olave versus Mike Evans. Olave. Yeah, that's an easy one for me. <laughs> certainly going to rank it that way and probably feel stupid about not drafting enough Mike Evans once again. It's just, well, you can still do both. You can rank Olave ahead of Evans and still draft him. Hold both. on. Where's Mike Evans playing? See, he, I could see, get franchised because of what he's been to that team. And, you know, especially if they win the division, they're, they're sort of in one of these years back where you got to wonder, will they run it back? Right. You are, you are not you, you you are not allowed to say it's okay for the Bucks to franchise Mike Evans, but not for the Bengals to franchise T. Higgins. The Bengals just paid their quarterback. The Bengals have a franchise wide receiver on their team. The 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 Bucks. This might be their best offensive player ever. What I'm looking at right now, the Bengals have the sixth most cap space in the NFL, so, and the franchise tag is for one year. Yeah, like yeah, if it's I, dumb I, for the I, Bengals, I that it's dumb for the Bucks. They've been I, talking I, about it in Cincinnati all season long. I think I'm the more important thing is the Bucks are not I, letting I, Mike Evans go. I don't think T. Higgins is back in Cincinnati next year at all. I think he's back, but I think he's back for one year. And I, and I don't think happy. That, Yeah, I don't think the Bucks are letting Mike Evans go. Yeah, I agree. The thing with T. Higgins is, remember when they said you know, there were trade rumors and their GM said, get your own wide receiver or something, you know? It would look so dumb now. Because they were a Super Bowl contender. Well, they're a Super Bowl contender next year. But now they have to pay him. All right. Well, yeah, they have to pay him. So but that's they, the point of the franchise tag is that you can delay right. that for a year. They're going to kick the can down the road, and then when they have to pay Chase, they're going to say goodbye to T. Higgins. They have to pay Chase now. They could pay Chase now, but they don't have to pay Chase now. I don't think you want both your franchise wide receivers mad at you, do you? You got to make somebody besides well, Burrow happy. They got to do business as they need to do it, and they've got a franchise quarterback that they've already committed a lot of money to. They, they, yeah. they are. And maybe they'll just continue, but they're a franchise very much like the Chargers, that the the ownership in the front office has not gotten out of the way enough and not paid enough. And if they do that again with this situation, they. Ugh. What do you think the franchise yeah, I, tag is? 20, 20 million for a receiver, something like that. And we'll go up. They have seventy. Yeah. They have seventy, almost seventy million dollars in cap space. So, and a defense that they still have to rebuild, and an offensive line they still have to fix. They'll be fine. With yeah, that, with well, that much and, cap and, space, they can franchise T. Higgins. And and T. Higgins will be on a different team. Uh, all right. I mean, it, maybe, but 
uh, they can franchise him. They have uh, look. I just they absolutely can't. You, of course they can't. You just can't. They, you, they you cannot. Can. You cannot do the Mike Evans means so much to the franchise. He's it's okay for them to franchise him, but it's not okay for the it, Bengals it, to franchise. The situations are totally different. Mike yeah. Evans, I'm sure, would love to finish his career as as a Hall of Famer uh, with with the Bucks. T. Higgins is looking to get a mega deal right now. The, the Bengals are not he, giving it. He can look for whatever he wants. They're going to franchise tag him and not give him the mega. That, they could. That, and that you're right. absolutely could happen. You're 100% right. It could happen. The there's not an NFL person that I've spoken to that said that that will happen. There's there's, there's spoken to two. There's You uh, there are, You have no idea who I speak to. It, J- Jamie, there's a, there are very wow. different situations. No very to. different situation. The Bengals have $20 million more in cap space than the Bucks. That I mean, like, all right, let's go to our next okay. one here. Um. I think the loser of the T Higgins bet should have to eat Adam's bagel. I didn't make any bet. I'm just saying it, it's like it, it's there's a double standard. I don't know why it's so dumb for the Bengals, but not for standard. the Bucks. One, one guy has been with his his team for ten seasons. Is and that? Would, a- I'm sure. I'm sure would welcome finishing his career there. The other guy is on the way to getting his first huge deal, and it's not going to come from this team. Plus, if he leaves, he could be the alpha. Which meet an NFL player that doesn't want to do that, of course. As opposed as opposed to staying there, getting a franchise tag, and having to play as the second guy. I right, but here's I, the thing that not you're not remembering: it's not all of this is out of the receiver's control. Right, that's right. It's unless unless he makes a stink. Oh, by the way, what happened to Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs and how many more? So guys what's he going to do? He's going to sit out the year. No, he's not going to sit out the year, but he may force his way out like all these other guys have. Yeah, well, Barkley and Jacobs tried that, right? I mean, they they both threatened positions. Nobody wanted them. They they would have had a market if they had hit free agency. They both threatened to not play, especially Jacobs. They got franchised and they they played. I mean, it just it, I, I know Higgins. I know Higgins. I know Higgins doesn't want to get franchised. I'm just saying, it, it's not necessarily his choice. And the Bengals is the argument be- that Higgins is going to get traded, Jamie. Is that what you're saying? If, if, if he is not going to let be let go or get a huge contract extension, I would imagine he's going to try and force try and their hand yes. out with a trade. Him. Yes, that I mean for sure. All right, um, all right. Uh, let's see what we got. Here we got uh, Debo versus Ayuk is our next debate. Actually, commercial break is our next debate. So we'll be right back with Debo versus Ayuk after this. Okay, Debo versus Ayuk. Here we go. Uh, this is from Andy Rosenberg. Dave, who do you got, Debo or Ayuk? I think I'm going to lean toward Debo just because of his usage and utilization in that offense. But I really love both. This is another situation where I I would imagine Ayuk is going to get the franchise tag from the 49ers, and he's going to have to play on that unless he makes a stink and forces his way out, which is always now going to be the asterisk that we put with any of these receivers. But I think Debo's the one that I'd rather have. Heath? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I... I mean, I go back and forth on these guys. I, the, the answer to who I'm going to draft is which one's going later. Um, but I would lean towards Debo. I, I think, um, and it's just like what the stuff they do with him and the, the little bit extra that he gets in the running game um, is enough of a tiebreaker. And and Ayuk, like that target crunch with all four seems to impact Ayuk just a little bit more, I think. Because I because Debo can do a little something on the ground. Jamie, Debo or Ayuk? Slightly toward Debo, but I, I think the the thing that and I hate saying this, 
if McCaffrey starts to deal with injuries, Debo becomes that much more valuable. Right. And, yep. and entering his 28 year old season, who knows if that happens. So, uh, but both I think are going to end up being probably decent value picks. You know, we, we saw Debo get, I think get overdrafted this year and I, I think we'll see a little bit market correction by, or maybe around, not, not by much, but maybe around, um, depending on how the playoffs go. Uh, Ayuk was definitely underdrafted and I think we'll see that get corrected too, where he goes a little bit higher. 6.7 touches per game for Debo, 4.8 for Ayuk. You know that Ayuk's literally all came on receptions. Debo had 36 <laughs> carries. And fantasy PPR points per game, really close between the two. 17 for Debo, 16.3 for Ayuk. Ayuk played one more game than Debo. Oh, yeah, but. But that's just an Azer stat. I Azer statted the heck out of this one. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Let's take away the injured games. Let's take away the decoy Samuel game. Remember, he came into a game hurt, didn't get a single target. I got nine games where they both played 68% or more of the snaps and not including the decoy Samuel game. They had the same amount of targets in those nine games. Brandon Ayuk had 48 catches. Debo had 42. Ayuk had a lot more yards, 829 to 649. They both had six touchdowns. But Debo had the 22 carries, 128 yards, and three touchdowns rushing. So I think you got to go Debo here. We'll see. We'll see who gets it. Did did they crack your top 12, guys? Are they top 12 receivers? I haven't done my top 12 yet. That's my my next job after this show. But um, probably not. I'm going to try not to have them in my top 12. But top 15, one of them should make it in there. <clears throat> yeah, I got Debo as uh, number th- 11 per game in PPR. Ayuk at number 14. And that's two years. That's two out of three with Debo. So kind of hard. To, that ain't bad. Yeah. And last year they were basically the same on a per game basis as well, right? Like 13 and a half and 13 fantasy points. So it's it's three. And I don't know how much that third year, three years ago, probably did. Should we just shouldn't hold against Ayuk? Um. But yeah, all right. Take the one that goes. Take the one that goes later. Our last rank is the Bay. They have the Bay too by next year, so we'll see what they do. Uh, the last franchise. All the wide receivers <laughs> going to be franchise tag this year. <laughs> we could laugh about it. We could laugh. It's okay. All right, Mickey Walker. Last debate here: Joe Flacco versus Patrick Mahomes next year. It's a good. It's a good one. <laughs> it's close. Depends on where Flacco is playing. Maybe he's backing up Mahomes. Maybe he doesn't, but he doesn't have to do that until November. Basically, he could just stay at home, sit on the couch, no training camp. Also, I think I can no longer look at per game quarterback standings and be like, well, if you remove Joe Flacco, because he's just in there now. He's played five games. He's just in. My rule is you got to play half the season, nine games. (laughs) Okay. Well, he might get what three more. Yeah, maybe that's it. Four. What if Flacco goes to Atlanta? <laughs> That'd be fun. Don't you think he's going to end up with a team like Washington or New England where they take a quarterback in round one and he's the the bridge for the first I, four weeks? I think he's year. probably going to just hang out and not go to training camp yeah. and wait until somebody yeah. says, we're going to start you the rest of the year, and then he'll come play. He's not going to go sit on somebody's bench and have to go to practice and stuff. Then he won't make as much money. Look at this graphic. I mean, look at this graphic. It's amazing. 2023 season, Joe Flacco averaging 25.4 points per game, six points per touchdown. Mahomes averaging 20.9. 
And so four and a half more points per game for Flacco. He's averaging 323 passing yards per game. And he has 13 touchdowns compared to 27 for Mahomes. And he's played five games. That's incredible. All right, I got a few emails I'd like to read from the audience. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Now is a great time to send in your emails. Maybe not for the Thursday and Friday shows, but... Uh, going forward, certainly we'll have more time to read emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That's the letter I. Jason from a city west of West Des Moines. Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. It's actually Waukee, Iowa. Wait, Minnesota's north of yeah. Iowa. That's yeah, terrible. I'm going to do some research on that one. I was thinking <laughs> Omaha. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, 12-team league has a mandatory side bet in week 18. The teams are split into two groups based on final standings who play for each who played for each for one draft dollar in next year's salary cap auction. So each manager either gains or loses one dollar. You have to field a team of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end. And you have to pick one player from each team. It's a little confusing, but he gives us this list here and it's four point per passing touchdown and it's half PPR. So he gives us a list of six teams and three players per team, and you have to make your lineup from those teams. And I'm just doing this now and realizing this was one of the worst emails to have read on the I end. think it's the worst. Way too I think much it's information. The worst email you've ever chosen. <laughs> Way too much information. Also, St. Paul is east of West Des Moines. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to answer this on the air. I'm sorry, Jason. I'll try to answer you in Man, the Jason was so excited. He had his piece of paper out already. He was going to mark things up, and nope. He told his friends. He's like, you got to listen to the podcast today. They're going to read my, <laughs> my question. All right, from G- it's my fault, not yours. From Geo. Where's Geo from? Um, St. Paul, Minnesota. All right, I wanted to let you know that I took home a championship this year based off of your best friend strategy. It's actually the friendship strategy. I drafted both Ayuk and Debo, and uh, I had Devontae Smith as well. Let's see. <clears throat> so, yeah, he, he's saying, I wouldn't recommend the friendship strategy for teams or quarterbacks with the next man up mentality, but I would do it again with Debo Ayuk, with Goddard and Devontae Smith. That's a pretty good one. Gibbs and Montgomery, to name a few off the top of my head. Oh, we haven't talked about I don't think we talked about the friendship strategy at all this year. Yeah, but I think in the case of the 49ers guys, they're both usually productive throughout the course of the season fairly consistently. The Eagles guys would be awful. Yeah, I agree. I I think as the way Adam described it, Mm. literally zero of those examples fit the friendship strategy. Uh, I think... It's uh, usually (laughs) one early, one late. Late? It doesn't have to be super late. I think um, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard probably did. And how did that work, though? No, you won't want him to be a bench player who benefits no. if the starter goes down. You don't want to be starting Dallas Goddard when Devontae Smith's active. No, no that, the friendship strategy is to draft two starters who have value, but if wow. one of them gets hurt, the other becomes a star. So the original example was Cooper and Crabtree back in their Raiders Yeah, days. I think like this year could have been Ridley and Kirk. Yes. Like that could have worked out in a big way. To some extent, um, it would have fizzled late because Kirk got hurt and Ridley's been so up and down. But that's the point. Yeah, well, but, see, so that Ridley, Ridley the- had a couple of big games though once Kirk went down. Um, right, the up and down. The uh, the the 49ers, I think, is the flip side of that, where you're taking those two relatively early, 
and you could have confidence in starting both. Like I would put maybe Evans and Godwin in that category of guys that you could have taken in the first, let's say six rounds. And it worked out starting both of them. The Debo Evans, uh, the Debo IU, excuse me, combo worked out amazing. There were 10 games this year where one of them had at least 20 PPR points. I forget where Ayuk was drafted. And, the, and then the other one, like some of the games, they were pretty bad, but like still some with like anywhere from 10 to 18 PPR points. Ayuk was like round six. I mean, Cup Ayuk and, was like round five, round six. Debo was a couple of rounds earlier. Cup and Puka would have been probably the best, right? If you had lived in a world where Puka was drafted. Uh, all right. And right. here's a uh, dynasty question from Adam in New York City. Our four-year-old dynasty league is at a crossroads where some managers are disgruntled by the lack of QB and other depth available to them. It is a 12-team super flex league with deep benches, and some teams will carry five to six quarterbacks, while others struggle to start a second quarterback at times. What are your takes on practice squads or making unused players available to be claimed? Is there an ideal league setup that you find works well? Uh, like, Go ahead, Heath. You should make... Make um, there's a there's a function called trades, and if you turn that on, then the people who don't have the players that they want can offer trades to get those players. <laughs> I've never played in a league like that, so what- I have played in one league with positional limits this year, and I hated it. So hated awful. it. Yeah, I don't like hated those. Either. I have a league like that. I also I think finished in last place, and maybe that's why I hated it. But. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like positional limits. The, the practice squad thing, I, I am tempted to just move away from that because it's so hard to enforce and it causes me to have to check people's rosters so often to make sure that they have the people who are eligible for a practice squad spot in that spot. Mm, was I supposed to do that? Was I supposed to be checking people's rosters? No, you, you, you were, you were busy setting people's lineups. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's one thing off my plate. Uh, I one I liked this dynasty. I know whenever I bring it up, I think people, you know, they don't think it's a good idea. But we had contracts. We had one year, three year, and five year contracts that you had to sign people to. It was also a franchise tag, so you could keep people. Love contract leagues. That's yeah. one of my favorite leagues. But then you would have this. This was the, this is the one that you yeah. took over. This is the one that ended and became Baked Burger. Then you would have a draft, a free agent draft, and you would have some stars in there. I mean, like one year I got Stefan Dix, you know. Right. So, unfortunately, there were never 12 stars. There were usually something like seven or eight. Uh, But it was good for parity, that's for sure. Uh, That was also not a super flex league. But is the goal, again, is the goal parity or is the goal to reward the best fantasy managers? Well, you want every league to be competitive throughout, especially. You got to have a balance for sure. All right, uh, I think I'm going to call it a day and go get my bagel, go get my haircut. Probably haircut first. Oh, you're right, Dave. I don't mm. want to get hair in the bagel. <laughs> Can you go get the sandwich and then eat it while you're getting the haircut? <laughs> <laughs> what a disgusting thought that is. That's like, oh yeah, that's, that's the disgusting the, that part. That is the gross part of it. <laughs> That's, uh, it makes it worse, but the whole thing is nauseating. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with starter sit for the AFC home games on Fantasy Football Team.